And you're on the dock here on the dock.org every Tuesday and Thursday, dropping new episodes out of there. We start that show to our version of on the uh, uh, sitting on the dock of the bay by Mr. Otis Redding. Two minutes, 36 seconds of a great song. No verse two, just that old whistle. Why did he whistle? Well, he died before he got back to record verse two. He went out, they went to do a gig. He hadn't written it. He whistled it. He was going to come back and finish it. And they died in an airplane crash. Oh. That's why they whistled the verse. They never finished it. Went to number one very quick. And um, my one of my favorite songs in the world were sitting around this cottonwood I mean, table. Really young. Very young yeah, and had a lot to offer. I think. And like, it's the desire of my heart that when I get to heaven, I would like to hear verse two. Yes. I want to know what verse two is going to be. So we're sitting around this table having conversations to propel your faith out of the shallows and into the deep. So we're going to sit right here and talk with our brother, Ray Minor, a little longer about extreme exigency. Did I get close? Yes. You I'm, got getting, it. I'm getting You're better. Getting it. You're getting it. The more you practice it, the exigency. more exigency. Exigency. Yeah. yeah. You got to kind of get a double dig there. Uh, <laughs> we're on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Facebook, Roku, Rumble, and SermonNet. Go find us. We would love to have you on YouTube. Watch us. And Spotify and iTunes are our primary channels, but all those are available to you. Also, social media network, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Telegram, and Getter. We'd love to hear from you. Talk to us about what we're doing. Ask you for crazy. Find out how to link up with things. Maybe you want to find out more about what Ray's business is doing, how to get a haircut, whatever. We'll talk to you about it. We'd love to have that conversation share this with other people so they can find out how important what we're going to be talking about in this episode is all about and you can always go back into our archives and find out about previous shows this is season three and you can always hit subscribe like notify and tell other people about what's happening at on the dock you can also become a partner of the show four levels of partnership three levels of sponsorship go to patreon download that app you look up on the dock and it will show you how to become a partner of the show. That's a partner or friend. We'll know we'll, we'll should be a part of it. We'll, we'll bring you into the conversation at a deeper level and three levels of sponsorship for businesses and organizations, churches and stuff. If you want to be a part of the show, we have uh, more that we can do with you there as well. Also, we're partnered with slnt.com. Go to promo code OTD, put that in and we'll benefit by that. And you'll benefit by their great products, phone sleeves, key fob, dry bags, backpacks, laptop sleeves, all these things prevented to make sure that you're able to reclaim your right to disconnect. Got mine right here on the set here. It's in here. Nobody can listen to me right now. Google is frustrated right now because they don't know what to sell me through their vendors. What's Troy doing? What's Troy doing? They're listening. We, we can yes. prove to you they're listening. <laughs> they are listening. Well, they are listening. The Even when big, our sh- big brother is watching. They are yeah. listening, Ray. They listen. On the doc.org, go find out about <laughs> all these links. You can get there. Uh, every one of us have got some sort of cough. Colt, you're not coughing. I am not. You're the only one not. And you were before. You you had a little bit of flu before. I was. Yeah, 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 we're all We're all just a little bit heady. On the doc.org, go find us out. Info at on the doc.org is our email. You're on the set with your wonderful host, Pastor Troy. I got Mother Beth with her summer hair. We found out the last episode, summer hair. No, I have winter hair now. No, the picture's your summer hair. The picture is summer. Okay, Colt (laughs) Kurtoski, we we just talked about. He's the only one well on the set completely. And Donna (laughs) Kuniski, our executive producer, she's not here, but she will talk to you on social media, and she will answer all your questions. Taking it to the street spotlight, extreme exigency. Yes. I'm getting close. I got I got to learn to hop there. We're in part 2 today. We're going to talk a little bit about is it better today? What is the need for to be prepared for that moment and the next steps? We're going to get into that with Ray Miner, founder and owner of this. Um and he it, w- go back and watch part 1. You'll learn a lot about it. Yeah, it's it's an, really good. It's really really good and go find out about that. But let me do this real quick. Before we let Ray talk, and Ray, we're going to have some great stuff. I want to show, we showed in the last one uh, a clip from their Facebook page. 
about a minute and 30, and it kind of shows the whole thing, including the barbershop that they do. We'll get into that. But I want to show you real quick one more clip that I pulled beforehand. It's the 30-second piece. You produced this. Did you have this produced for TV or someplace? Yes. yes. Yeah, fantastic. It's yeah. a really good shot. So check this out. We're going to show you this. This will give you a snapshot of what they're doing at the Training Academy and Shooting Park just real quick here as we get started. Here we go. Looking for a place to practice? Sharpen your marksmanship skills or obtain your Illinois Concealed Carry Training? Extreme Exigency Training Academy and Shooting Park is the place. Located southwest of Benton, Extreme Exigency offers eight individual shooting ranges so you, your family, and your friends never have to share a range. Associate memberships starting as low as $25. Concealed carry courses offered every month. We are not a drive. We're a destination. Extreme Exigency Shooting Park, home of the Arm Barbers. Wow, fantastic. Ray Miner, Ray, tell us, what is that moment, the extreme exigency? Define that again for us real quick it's as we a, get launched it, into this. It, it is immediate, unavoidable, life-threatening, deadly danger. If and you don't do something, it's bad. Yes. Right it, now. Yes, it's at that moment when you have to defend yourself, your loved ones, a family. Uh, it is the only time that you're justified to use force likely to cause death or great bodily harm, which means anything from a firearm to striking somebody in a, you know, in a vulnerable area or any type, anything that could cause that a Somebody that so a reasonable person could believe would could be a fatal. And today you're you're retired state police. You have your own business now, so that's that picture we have up. I have a picture of you. Did you used to ride a motorcycle? Yes, I spent six years on it. <laughs> Golly. Yeah. And now now you've got your own organization where you're actually training people to protect themselves and, and for safety and stuff now. That is correct. You've been doing yeah. that your whole we talked about that your whole yeah. life's been, you know, law enforcement has been training people and preparing people and equipping people. Yes. But you've decided to do that on the backside of your career. Yeah, I actually had I did have a blessed career. I, I um uh, you know, I was involved in school violence and wrote the first school violence curriculum that was adopted uh. by our uh, state board of education. Wow. And uh, the state police sent me all over the nation. I sort of, I sort of became the school violence spokesperson for the for the state police back in the late nineties. And that's really neat. That is, so I, I what truly a privilege. Had, yeah, I, I, I have had such a blessed career. Yeah, I really have. Yeah. Give me a little bit of we, we we give me a little bit. We didn't get this really strong in the last episode. Give me a little bit of the ethos, the spirit, the 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 heart behind what you're doing. I understand you want to train and equip people, but you're you're not just somebody. You're somebody that loves the Lord. You and your wife are dedicated to the Lord. You're committed to your church. Uh, you're committed to having a your, your your mission statement. I put it up in the last episode. It starts off to glorify God. That that's almost like a church. That's almost like a a a a, a non for profit Christian organization. And and I know you are that. Yeah, the shooting park is a non profit. A non for profit. Uh, but of course, the, uh, the the training academy and the barbershop is a is a LLC. Very good. So, so you got a conglomerate of work there, but all of that's to the glory of God. And it has a positive influence. We're going to get in in the next episode. We're going to do a bonus episode here. And we're going to talk about the, in that episode, we're going to talk about the Christian perspective yes. on defending yourself. So we're going to get to that because I want people to come back and go, I think a lot of Christians think that, that well, I just turn the other cheek means be a victim. It doesn't necessarily mean that turn the other cheek means be graceful to other people, you know, be allowed of other people, but it doesn't mean let them take your life or your family's life Absolutely. or harm somebody that's yeah. precious to you. There's, yeah. there's a difference between being grace-filled and being a pushover. Yes. And, and, and those are, and, you know, and, and, you know, we talk about, you know, we, we fight from a, from victory, but you know, the truth is, is, is our Lord was not a pushover. No, you know, no, right. he was I mean, not. I mean, you, when you think about what he did, uh, I mean, from, you know, knock, the, knocking the tables over and and confronting the you know the Pharisees. I mean, all the things that he did. Right, right. He he, uh, he was a man's man. Yeah, <laughs> he really was. Hey, his yeah. his guys had a sword. They lobbed an ear off when they came to get him. Yeah. And he said, "Guys, stop. We're not going to do this right now. 
we're not going to do this right now, but there might be a time when you, when you, when you do. And by the way, when you go out, you need to sell whatever and get your sword. Yes. In that day, that would have been a firearm. Yes. But, but so the Lord is not opposed to protection. We're going to talk deeper about that because I think a lot of people think Christians are, are pacifists. Yes. And, and no. Well, yeah. I mean, we, we want to be loving to others. We want to express love. We want to, we want to, have the fruits of the spirit and what, you know, cause I tell everybody you, you judge, you know, by the, by the fruit, you know, and we want to show that, but at the same time we can do that and still protect our family and our love. And if you come to that extreme agency right. moment, that's that th we talked about a threshold or that moment where, where somebody else's will can cause a change in your life. Will the Bible then opens up other possibilities of how to defend your household and yourself. So we'll get into that episode three, but right now I want to, I, I want to get a little more about the, the ethos of this, just the basics of what's behind the thought process. And, you know, you've d dedicated yourself to training and equipping people. What, 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 I mean, we'll get into more of the Bible, but a little more of the ethos of it. What, what's the spirit around the whole place there? You've got a place where you, you I go there to get my hair cut. You've got, you, you're training people here. Um, your arm barbers, you know, I, I, I love that. Uh, give me an idea here. Well, it, it is a, it's a family, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, it really, and it's a family atmosphere. I mean, mm -hmm. we have, puzzles we have games for kids we have you know uh you know I, I i think i shared the first episode you know that that uh you know we tried to create a place a guy could go between work and home at one the bar right uh, it is sort of a manly place but absolutely absolutely yeah. women are welcome and we have a lot of women that come out that in fact women will come out with their husbands and just sort of hang out mm -hmm. uh, and uh but uh it, it is a it is sort of a a manly environment i mean it's uh the barber cut, barber cuts, or the barber shop is uh, very traditional men's haircuts. Uh, not that we don't do other non-traditional haircuts, but most of our haircuts are all traditional. Right. Uh, we don't do colors or perms or anything like that. Uh, Darn. Yeah, we don't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we, we have. I tell everybody we have a strict perm rule in our shop. Unless you're married to us or gave birth to us, you're not going to get a perm. <laughs> you know. Uh, but uh, uh, every day we, uh, from. You know, Stacy's on the on the you know the range side, and she's very very dedicated supporter of our Second Amendment. Stacy's your wife, but your yeah, office manager. I put yeah, her face up here. Yeah. Uh, she's fantastic and yeah. helps process everything. Yeah, yeah, does the paperwork, coordinate stuff. Yeah, yeah, she coordinated all this. She got you in here on time. You know, yeah. provide stuff. <laughs> yeah, she's the one who makes sure. When 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 you do stuff with you, one thing that, that you will know is you you have the option to let. Letting Stacy coordinate your paperwork and all your stuff. Yeah. Let her do it. Let her dot your eyes, cross your T's, and get things done because the state of Illinois will lose your stuff, and, and yeah. she will hound them down, uh, and she will help you make sure you bring the right things, which is fantastic. Yeah. So you have full service. Yes. Your whole family's involved with this. Uh, yeah. Well, actually, yes. Even even my grandchildren work out there and help and stuff like that. So That's yeah. great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we have uh, you know my, our groundskeeper lives on the ground. He is an old family friend. Uh. He and I have uh, uh, been friends for well over 40 years and uh, him and his family live on the property where my grandmother used to live. Oh, I love that. Uh, and uh, so he's always there. And uh, we have, uh, we have actually church groups that come out and, and, and use the range on a regular basis. And we are one church group that will yeah. do that. We're, we're, yeah. we're, and we do that on a regular basis. We're going to, we're fixing to schedule something with you in March, April yeah. to do it again. I'm, I think I'm going to explain that real quick. I promised that in the previous episode in 2013, that's when Illinois got its concealed carry. But deal, right? Actually, it went into place January 1st of 2014. 2014. But it was passed. But we started ahead of time. Yeah, right. it was passed in, in July of 2013. Okay, I'm bringing up a graphic. This graphic has been in my file for a long time, November 16th, 17th. This would be of 2013 because in anticipation of the change of law, uh, 
you had already been preparing and been a part of knowing what was going to come to be required to apply for that. Yes. In fact, and our, our curriculum was already approved and we was in the process of, of putting Unbelievable. We don't even have the law in force yet. He's already got a plan to work through it. Uh, I, I, I guess being state police, you were aware already that, that this was in process, that they'd already asked police input. So well, you, it, you had some knowledge? Yeah. It, 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 the state police, one of the things the state police does very, very well is that they monitor closely any piece of legislation that affects them. Affect them administratively, <laughs> financially, uh, enforcement, training, anything that's going to have an impact on the state police. And one of the things that they do is they have, uh, they call them administrative reviews, which what happens is the state police's legal team identifies the piece of legislation and then they send it out to all of the districts. And at the time, and now they're troops, but at the time there was 21 districts. And somebody, a member of command, would actually review that. Mm -hmm. And then they would send, because obviously something that impacts District 13 in Southern Illinois may be impacted much differently than somebody from a, tr a district from Chicago. Right, right. We're a different world down here. We are. We're a bit different world. So, so how, how that, that piece of legislation affects those districts, it could be different. So they would make each district write a response to that. Well, what happened was, is because of my background and everything, uh, about 2010, uh, my district commander, I was a member of command, I was a master sergeant at the time, and uh, instead of where they normally divvied those out every month, and I did one of five of them, in 2010, my captain said, Ray, you're going to start doing them all. Right. So myself and uh, there was another uh, lieutenant in District 22 that was doing the same thing. We was reading and redoing all of our legislative reviews together. And uh, what started coming down from our legislators in 2010, 2011, 2012, ultimately signed into law July of 2013, was our Concealed Carry Act. Hmm. So, yes, I was reading that 690. You're way ahead of this. Long before it actually wow. even got. And I, I actually, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I think there are things in our Concealed Carry Act that I would love to see improved, changed. Right. Have, I feel like we have too many prohibited areas or protected areas, however you want They've to call loosened it. a few of right. those up, I think, recently. They have not. They no, have not. No, 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 no okay. they have not. Some states have. Yeah, some states, some states have. have. We but, have but, not. But, but Illinois has more than any other state. Yeah. It's most, ridiculous almost. Yeah. Now, when you when you started this, were you you were st you weren't retired yet, correct? I was not retired. So, and and some of the guys that you worked with weren't retired yet. So you guys That's were actively correct. already looking to help people transition through this process as police, but doing this as a side as yes. a side thing, yes. right? Yeah. So so what happened was I was aware of this, and I come from Tennessee down there where you you know they they were way ahead of this yeah. and matter of fact i have i had family that wouldn't move here because they said well i won't be able to carry a gun here yeah. you know so people it was actually unattractive to people yeah. because they think of illinois as chicago or st louis but southern illinois is a lot safer place but everybody here carries a gun yeah. everybody knows how to use one a lot of hunters and you know we're, we're a little we're different a rural part. Area, we're a rural area so right so when firearms it, are a way of life for us right in southern illinois. So, some yeah. people were carrying guns before we should have been carrying guns i'm not claiming that but but there were a lot but what's good is it kind of it gave everybody a baseline to become legal but you also knew that they had training and they had some basics and it kind of it kind of gave a baseline so what we did was uh our i saw this coming too i was paying attention i was excited and so i reached out and i i don't even remember ray how i got to you i i think i called around and people said uh this guy's doing this organization uh, and and I need to get hold of you guys are all police. Yeah, I think that uh, it had a little bit to do with we had a mutual friend. 
Yeah. Kevin Fleming. That's right, oh, Kevin. Yeah, was Kevin. That yeah. was Kevin. It was yeah. Kevin. Yes. Kevin was working for the, the sheriff's department. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Kevin. Because yeah. Kevin helped me around. That's right. Kevin said, you got to talk to these guys. And I said, he said, I really trust these guys. And so we called and, and you didn't really, I mean, you're just putting everything together. Yes. Right, right. So I said, I'd like to do a, I'd like to, I'd like you to train everybody that would like to come in our church. And, and I'd like you to open it up to a broader group. And so we put this thing together on the 16th, 17th to cover the 16 plus hours required. And basically we added to it a little bit of a Christian perspective on yes. it. Uh, we put it in a conference setting. We had shooting rooms and you had a shooting trailer and, and everything going on. And we put this out. I'm going to tell you guys, we put this out, had a room full of people. A big class. Yes. And we did another class a few years later. We did it again. And matter of fact, I'm fixing to do another class with him now, but we're going to your place. Yes. We're just your February class. We, yeah. We're doing people. We've got people coming. Um, so we did at least a couple of these. And I know another church, a couple other churches began to do this. And you did classes in other churches. Yes. Correct? Yes. Right. I know CLC did a church, uh, did a class as well. So yeah. we were the first, trust me, yeah. because we put this out before it passed. I went public with this. I, Full press release of this. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was a big. It was a. Big we're event. good. I began to get calls from ABC, CBS, the locals, but then I got national calls. You're a pastor, and your church is going to hold a gun weapon seminar. How are you working with that? I said, well, I said, <laughs> I, I gave them the biblical layout, yes. you know, and we'll get to that in part three. Act justly, love mercy, and walk humbly. I, I people are going to carry a gun in Southern Illinois. They they already are carrying guns. Yes. I, as a pastor, want them to have training and be responsible. And I would like them to be trained by people that are responsible and proficient. And I, I have found the best people that I could do that. And so we set this up and we did this with you guys. We've done multiple with you guys. And let me show you this. They did the first, this is a picture of us in our, we have our sanctuary switched to this. We had uh, the chaplain from the, was a state police chaplain came yeah. in and led the day off. Uh, created biblical grounds. We had worship that day. Yep, Kevin Fleming. Kevin uh, did, did led worship. Yeah. And then we jumped into your stuff. But what's cool about it is I've taken your renewal courses since. Yes. I, 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 for a while, I've had other people go, even when we, when, I, when we go to your place, we are still getting some of the biblical and Christian ethos from that first class. Yes. Yes. It's always been a Christian-based, you know, all of us, every one of our instructors, all of us are strong Christians. Right. And uh, we wanted the presentation. We wanted the use of force to be something that we could put out there with, you know, in the proper yeah. way. Yes. Yeah. Well, and this is why I refer people to Extreme Messaging to, to come out, come and see you, yeah. because as a pastor, we did the first one to set a tone and to let people know you're going to do this. There's a proper way to do this. If you ever come to that threshold moment. I want you to understand the ramifications of it yes. and what you need to be thinking about. Yes, and that's another reason why we try. You know, I mean, we stress so heavily on the conflict we avoid is the one we win. Mm -hmm. You know, because we want to avoid having blood on our hands. You know, right. Even you know, David. You know, the Lord said, "Hey, you got too much blood on your hands." And right. you and you start all right. this off with the Predator's Playbook. So even if you're taking the basic class, those first how many hours of the class? The, the, well, the, the first morning. The first whole morning yeah, yeah, is hours. really. How not to how not to get hit? How yeah. not to get? Yeah, we we, we cover pretty much everything that's in the Predator's Playbook. Uh, it, however, the the the, fire, the concealed carry portion of the Predator's Playbook is geared directly around somebody who probably will be carrying a firearm right. later. Mm -hmm. But your first few hours, we brought our high school students in. We brought yeah. our our young girls, our young guys in, and said we want you to sit in on this because everything you're learning here 
you don't need a firearm to do these things. Oh, absolutely. And as not. you go off to college or high school, this is going to be invaluable to you. Yes, and that's whenever we do that, the Predator's Playbook as a standalone presentation. That's exactly. I mean, we've done it for churches. We've done mm-hmm. it for. Uh, ladies groups. I've done it for businesses. I, every student, every young person, I don't care if you're male or female, going off to college, you should go see if you can sign up to be in one of their classes just to get this portion. Yeah. You may not even be 21 yet. Is it 21 in the state to be able to carry firearm? Yes, but I, I've had people in my concealed carry class as low as 16. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah our daughter could, was. Our daughters, all, our kids all took them. Yeah. Your second one, we made some of ours come home from places to take yes. them. Because they need to hear it. We put all of our youth through it. They need to hear this because uh, it is so easy to be a victim and university settings are some of the most victimized places yes, you can get. Yes. Well, and, and part of it too, especially if you're, if you have a daughter, you know, a certain ethnic, ethnic groups, certain, you know, females, mm-hmm. elderly, those people are vulnerable class. And they're targeted. Right. Yeah, so, you know, I tell people, if you know you're a member of one of those vulnerable classes and then you recognize privacy and concealment, or you recognize the different things. You got, you have to be prepared, right? Right. You know how to avoid those. Right. So, so we mentioned that they do the Predators Playbook. They do a basic handgun course. So after we, we want you to do your CCW first because it takes longer to get that in our state. Yep. But then you can back up if you've never handled a firearm. They're going to teach you to do that to pass the course. But they're going to come back and teach you a lot more. What, what what's going what what more is going to happen in the basic handgun course? Well, the, the difference between the basic handgun course and the concealed carry course is the concealed carry course we. Provide buy the firearms there are people Mm -hmm. that come to that class that haven't even got a foid card yet they don't know what you don't need listen you don't bring your gun you don't need a gun to do the concealed carry you show up they're going to take your documentation and they're going to provide you the firearm to do the range stuff yes you don't need their stuff remember you don't want to use your stuff please their stuff's going to be so much easier and comfortable it's going to be safer for us everybody they can control the setting but then when you get to the basic handgun course and say say i shoot a sig hauer 238 yeah yeah you you're going to train somebody on that weapon that a little bit specific fire on that system. Yeah, you're you're going to bring your firearm, your ammunition. Uh, it's still uh, we still do the two to one ratio on the range, so it's limited to about twelve people. We bring three instructors in. Yeah, you know, so it and it's done. Uh, I mean, and we're talking about when we talk about instructors. You your team is trained. A lot of them are police, state police. Yes. They've got they got they got backgrounds in that. We're going to talk about the team here in a minute, but but they are good. I mean. Firearm safety, safety on the range. Yeah, so some of them are, are not only firearms instructors for their whole career, but they have specialties in their fi- in their field of firearms now, as well. Yeah, and I'm yeah. going to I'm going to explain with our church here. Now we, we did the concealed carry in 2013. We did another one in 15. We did another one in 17. About every two years we offer it, and now we just your place is offering it regularly. So now we're just pushing people out to where you're going. Matter of fact, we we. Cole will tell you, we're running stuff right now at our church right now, aren't we? Every Sunday, we're running your stuff now. We're trying to get people to the February class. We've told them the March class is an alternative. Your January class just finished, right? Yes. So, so you can't, we also told them when the renewals are. So we've got people coming to your February class. And then our security team here at Community Faith Church, we will come out and enter into a, a contract with them biannually every other year to bring our whole team out. Everybody then our staff, you know, our team, may, maybe they have their concealed carry. Uh, that's one thing. Concealed carry is certain rules and certain guidelines yeah. and they're teaching you for that moment but it's a whole different thing if you're actually trying and you're say you're we have a lot of people in our, our security team that we we don't have a lot of law enforcement now yes. in our church so it's one thing to have your license it's another thing to understand how to be smarter than that and so we 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 hire them to come out and we do they do more deeper course more looking more alert more how to protect talk about our strategies uh, how to perfect that how to never get to that point yes. and and then afterwards we talk about if you get to that point what to do and then they take our our guys out on the range and we might 
fire several hundred rounds. Yes. And I have watched their instructors. I mean, we had one guy, and I, we have a rule here at Community Faith Church. I'll just tell you, I don't know if you know this very, but if somebody has their handgun permit and they go, I want to be on the security team, we said, well, you can't be till you do extreme vacancy training. So we, we, we've got people that we will hold off until they've been out to see you. And they said, well, I want to get on now. So then you're going to have to call Ray and, and get a special private class because our church will pay for the one every two years. So you got to do that. And if you got, and if they don't clear you, we're not going to clear you. You don't know this, but I, I've used that to really protect us a lot because our, and our insurance company gives us a credit for it. They give us a credit for having a safety security team and that I have a protocol and that, that we have a kind of a, a threshold. So we had, we had a guy out there, our last class, that kept kind of handling the gun improperly. And at least three times, the instructor put his hand on his gun and loaded it down properly. Finally, the third time, he said, you just need to put that away. You know, it just wasn't, the, the muzzle kept kind of waving around a little yes. bit too much. And then the funny time, the previous workshop we had, I won't name, I won't name Carl, Carl, Carl Jackson, <laughs> our, my, my, my secretary, he, he was out there with a, with a newer firearm. He had a new firearm, a new um, a Ruger, some sort, something like that, fairly inexpensive firearm, and he couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it, I don't think, I mean, he wasn't hitting not just the per person's head or the shoulders, it wouldn't hit the side. <laughs> and if you know about his targets, they're pretty good size targets. We'll see. He wouldn't hit nothing. And, and, and I, I mean, I, I mean, everybody was hitting, he, he was hitting nothing. And finally he said, there's just gotta be something wrong with this gun. And your instructor was an old gray haired instructor. I don't know if it's a flip or whatever. He, he says, let me see that thing. He loads it and puts all seven shots right through the eyeballs, whatever it is, you know, the head shot he says, there's nothing wrong with your gun. <laughs> <laughs> you know you know so, so you're you're you know so now let's work on your technique yes i have it for your controls I yeah yeah but i want to be fair i had problems early on too i switched to i got a sick hire now which uh bill barnett who passed away yeah. told me to switch to he was the head of our security he said that, that's better you need that i used to use a bodyguard and it has a real long pull and i'm not used to that but it was safe you know it's kind of and so I would pull off the target with it. And then I was out at their course and they said, you're always kind of to the left. It's because you're, yeah, yeah, you're low left faster. So here's what we want you to do. Once you go home, we want you, this is silly. This is crazy. And I did it and it worked. They said, we want you to take a, a dime and put it on the end of your barrel. And we want you to just sit there and just kind of dry shoot at the TV some nights until the dime doesn't fall off. Then you'll be okay. It changed my shooting. It was just a little thing. Follow through, so so yeah. what I want to say is your team there that does basic handgun, you get out there with your gun and you learn how to fire that weapon and you become effective with it. It doesn't make you special. It just makes you safer. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it's yeah. amazing what your guys, your, your guys have so much experience. It's ridiculous. Yeah, we have a great team. I'm so yeah. blessed. And, well, and, act, and, you know, two of them have been with me since the be very beginning. Tell me who, yeah. let's, let's talk about that team. Real quick. Who do you have working with you these days? Give me, give me a little bit of background. So if you, if you go take a, an academy, if you go out to shoot, who are some of the people that you'll, you'll be working with on your team? Of course, Stacy is going to be there to get you signed up. Yeah, She's going to get you licensed and all yeah. that stuff, right? Yeah. yeah. Stacy's going to be your your go-to person to get you registered, get you in the right place, the right class. So we, you talk to her about what you want. She'll and if and you know some of our instructors we do one-on-one -on -one training too. So oh really? So you could you so, could schedule time and, for that. But Stacy would be the one that would do that for you. Okay. So Who, who's somebody else? Who's some of your other team that you're using active uh, today? Byron Farley. Byron Byron has been a, Byron was part of the original workshop. Yes, he what? was part of it. In fact, I thought that was really cool that photograph of how young was he, him. Yeah, how he young looked younger. He He's gotten older. Is Byron? Where is he working these he, days? He, uh, actually retired December 31st. That. Yes. Was yeah. he in Marion Police Department before? The state police. He was state police. Yeah, so he was at when he when he started though, he was with Marion, 
wasn't he? No, he, he was with the state police. He was state but, police. He, but he had started uh, at Williamson County Sheriff's Department. That, that's right. He was. Police, that's right. That's right. He, that's right. He worked at the federal prison for a little while. Yeah, he was very experienced. Very, very experienced. Yeah, very knowledgeable. And he's a good man of God. Good, hey, strong man. Strong of God. man of God. Yeah, you, can feel, you can feel the Lord's presence just when you're around him. So. Yeah, absolutely. Byron's a good yeah. man. He's got a wonderful family. Who else are you using? But he's still with you. He's, he's still, still with, still with you. Yeah, the police, still with me. In fact, he will be training on the February class. Oh, really? So fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah, and then the next one we have Chris Edwards. I got Chris here. I got Chris up there. Chris, Chris has actually been with me since uh, just about the very beginning. Yeah. So he won. He wasn't with the very first pilot class, Mm -hmm. but every one after that he was. So he he came on board almost immediately. Hmm. So who else you got working with you? uh, We have Rick Bellman. I don't. Oh, here you go. Rick. Yeah, Rick Bellman. He is uh, also retired law enforcement. I. It may have been. It might. It was either Rick. Or flip. flip one, one. It was one of the old cogity guys yeah. that that put the hand <laughs> on the guy's barrel and said, "You just put that down." Yeah. It was the third time. He said, "On the third time, I want to ask you to unload it. We're gonna set you aside." <laughs> and he looked at me, pastors like, "This guy's not on your screen yeah. team." You know, you know what I mean. Yeah. So I, afterwards, I had a hard talk. I said. Um, you're not going to be on the security team. We've got other positions that you could be on, but you're yeah, not going to carry could, a weapon. You could work you in the cafeteria or yeah, yeah, yeah. But, or but here's the deal. If you want to schedule some time with these guys, you can come back out. And when they say you're clear, you're clear, but you're not clear. So, you know. I was surprised it wasn't Papa. It was. It was <laughs> the, no. Your Papa was there when that happened and helped me say, no, he's not doing it. Your Papa could shoot the eyeballs out of the anything so his papa's bill barnett oh yeah i didn't you didn't i didn't connect that to you oh no no that's bill bill. Was a wonderful man you no know, bill bill not only could bill shoot bill could fix your gun he could build them and, yeah. or build one from yeah. scratch yes. if you need yes, if you could. need one yeah. and he was head of my security and their family to me and i was never more safer yes yeah, <laughs> i miss man. bill yes, i miss wonderful. bill oh, yeah. yeah rick was a uh a uh he was also a 30-year law enforcement officer and retired from the sheriff's department as a captain. So you think it was him that put his hand on the gun or was it flip? It was one of those. Yeah, well, Rick is still with me. I so. think it was Rick. Yeah. I'm sure it was Rick. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. He's like, yeah, dude, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's I, the one who took the gun and, and then showed the guy how it worked. He would do that, too. He yeah, did that. that, and that he, was, he did it as, as quick as, I mean, it was like he had never shot that weapon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he's a strong marksman. He Rick never shot right. that weapon, yeah. and, and yeah. it wasn't the weapon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was like the third clip that Carl had emptied and not hit a thing, and he was just sure that was, I was even thinking, surely the barrel's bent or something, you know, something, you know. Yeah. Uh, well, and that's you know, people develop bad habits. Sometimes yeah. it's hard to get those bad habits. And, and, and the Ruger yeah. and the bodyguard, the the, the more uh, let me say pedestrian guns, they're kind of designed to have almost a long trigger safety. They are. So they you got them in your pocket, you, you're fiddling around, you don't shoot your leg off. Yes, and you that know, happens. So that long yeah. pull, but that long pull requires different discipline. Yes. What's yes. funny was he didn't have a problem with that either, and he probably never shot a gun like that. You know, yeah. he probably would shoot a much better better yeah. gun than that. So, yeah. yeah. I, I learned from Bill very quick. Bill said, your problem is you got that bodyguard. Let me get you a better gun. Bill shot a Kimber. And that That's I shot his Kimber one day out there, which is like the Sig Hauer. Yeah. And it was like, oh my gosh, this is just great, you know. So I ever since then I've been in that 1911 yes. model. It's yeah. a big that, difference. Rick's, a, Rick's a big 1911 guy. Too. He is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. It makes a big difference. Who? Anybody else you got working for you these days? Well, we still have we have um, Mike Dollins. I got Mike right there. Yeah. In fact, Mike uh, does the reloading class for us, and his wife does a beekeeping class out there for us. Oh, really? Not. A beekeeping? Yeah. I saw the bees out there. I didn't know. Yeah, for, that's yeah. like if we miss and we make them mad, they come after you. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, no. no she just uh, she's she's. Does beekeeping, so she does a, a basic beekeeping class usually once or twice a year. That's really now, nice. now now when you when you when you take the basic class, you're just basically self defense. You're gonna you're gonna get a, if you get in that moment of triggery, you're hoping to get a couple shots off, 
get protection to yourself, you don't really cover a lot of reload. You cover some basics, well, but, but not like you did for us in the more advanced, the advanced class. class you're going oh to, my gosh. Yeah. They teach you how to reload and have a second round and up. And that's a whole different, it is I, and it's a whole and different. And, ball game. and it has, it takes a lot more discipline with the, the range instructors. They got to be watching a lot more because when you start doing those uh, function drills, you start and, waving that gun around. Yeah, where you're, so yep. you got, there's got, you got to really concentrate on muzzle discipline. Especially if you're right. not law enforcement, you haven't come up that way. You, you even have to practice. do it with law enforcement. Too. Even, with, even with law enforcement. <laughs> yeah. We have to do it with law enforcement too. Cause, yeah. Because people get bad habits and sometimes we get careless, you know, it's just yeah, and, and the concept well, of probably being, sometimes even the more use, Used to handling a gun, you get sometimes you could get lazy with your well. And what happens see. is also some a lot of times people train by themselves, right? So right. they're not used to having Worrying people about, ra- around yeah. them, so they they don't concentrate, and then of course yeah. it becomes muscle memory. Yeah. Yes, you know, so so that changes that. So yeah, that you, was so one you, of your issues. That was bad. One of my yeah, issues. You'd have to keep telling him now. Quit waving that gun. Quit waving that wagon. Well, there's nobody here. I just shoot the wall. <laughs> yeah. But 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 when you but when you're when you're in a church security setting, your family setting, it becomes very disciplined. Very you realize you're, it's a lethal weapon you yes. got. So so th- th- your team is just incredible. What they do. Yeah, yeah. I'm and, very proud. And I really really really, really appreciate they that. Do a great job. Let, let me get into the core of what I want to talk about in this episode a little bit, and we'll keep we'll, we'll keep talking more about what you're doing here with all this stuff. And, with churches and with groups. And, and if you're a church or a pastor out there, I would highly recommend you go out, get your haircut, you know, and then say, Hey, you know, my church could use a, like the, the predators playbook places of worship. You, you could do a program with them. Um, you could also come out and, and probably arrange to have one of your teams come out and evaluate current security. That's what you did we, for us. We have a little bit of stuff that does that. We Byron try, did that. Yeah, first. Byron will do it. And we, we have, we have a little bit of that. We try to, we try to actually get, churches to think through those things so well and that's what he did with us he came in yeah. and had us walk through what we were thinking about doing you know he didn't change a lot he just added to the thought process yes and that's actually what we want to do we want yeah. the we want the church elders and stuff to because not there's no cookie cookie cutter approach to church security. he said move every, this person right. here move this person every, here every, every church is different from you know small congregation Little country churches to make. He walked through the building and said, "You need to think about this." We never thought about locking all of our other doors and creating one point of access. So, fifteen or twenty minutes before the service, we actually we have a staff door there, but comes in, but that gets locked. Yeah, limiting access. We have one point of entry. The way it should be. Yeah, fifteen minutes before the service starts. Yeah, that's the way. And and basically, now our security team can see and observe everybody coming in. And if somebody's trying to get another, they better have had a key. And somebody's probably walking down to make sure that they know who they are. Yeah, you know. So I. That changed lots of things. Well, and, and that's and that's part of you know even changing your congregation because you know churches get used to people t- making those side doors or entering through other locations. Right. So even teaching your congregation to get your congregation to understand this is for our safety is to limit those access points. And, and let yeah. me give an example. We had a in churches you can have situations where households are under distress, somebody's in a divorce, or there there's a court order. Yeah. You don't know because people don't just say. Some people come in and say, "Pastor, I'm going through a divorce." I'm going through an ugly one. Some people don't tell you anything. Yeah. And the next thing you know, we get a we we have all of our securities on radios. We have a radio in our children's church, a radio in our nursery, and we have a radio in our booth. And they can key a button on that, and that will set an alarm off that will move all our security in the, those directions faster. Yes. We, we have one person that roves. Uh, we have people in other stations. But if, say, the children's church hits her button, she can just hit her button and 
and we hear it, we'll hear it in the church sanctuary. Yeah. Because a lot of the guys got in ears, but some are lazy. And we'll hear that and go, oh, man, what happened? That means something's going. You'll see people start moving. So one one Sunday, we had a guy jerking on the door. He had jerked on the side door and the front door of the children's church. He was trying to get in to see one of his children. That because he hadn't, that he, that he wasn't allowed, he wasn't to, allowed to see by court order. And our church uh, security, our church, children's church, was she simply keyed her button. And, and I'll tell you what, uh, they walked him back out to the parking lot out of the thing pretty quickly. Yes. Uh, we didn't even know the situation. And and I thought our team reacted really well. And we've had more than that happen. But but that's an example of being prepared by having but those, those are the more common things that happen. But yeah. if you we know, had not, not had always our door, somebody coming in with a gun. But yeah. he it's, didn't he didn't have a gun. He just wanted right. to come see one of his kids, but he wasn't allowed to. Yeah. And and Beth and I have been impacted by family that that can't see their kids anymore. I won't get into the details here on this show, but 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 you have that happen that there's that that family becomes even though they're family they can become predatorial. Yeah. Yeah. And and we wouldn't have been that door normally in the past would have been open. It wasn't. Yeah. And it yeah. wasn't here. Unfortunately, you know, churches in the past have always I think wanted to be open and welcoming and you just you want to assume everybody that's coming in needs ministry and they and they mean well. Yes. And you can't assume yeah. that anymore. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I have and, people. Go ahead. And, and again, that's another thing. You know, we, we, you know, we. There's a lot of things that churches need to be prepared for. But you, you highlighted on it a little bit the fact that it's not likely there's going to be a, ch a school, a church shooting, right. in your right. church. You know, but again, you know, Satan is the greatest terrorist we're ever going to deal with. Yes. And studies show that you know every time there is a church shooting or a church incident or a place of worship incident, that. 18% of our Christians don't attend church the following weekend. Right. Well, that's exactly what Satan wants. Sure. He, you know, he wants 18% of us not worshiping. Of course. You know, so right. that's why it's so important that we let our congregations know that we're doing everything we can to keep them safe. Right. And, and, you, and you're paying attention. Yes. We, we have a, in, in our church, I, we've had a couple different times early on where we've had, you know, people come in, they're upset, they're disturbed. They want ministry. And, you know, for most of my ministry life, somebody came forward, to the altar and they have tears in their eye. I'm just excited. The preacher's fixing to lead them to the Lord. We're going to help yeah. them. We're going to have victory today. And, and nowadays, and this is what I want to talk about, you know, better today. 10 years ago, somebody coming forward in my church, mm. I would just assumed I'm fixing to lay hands and minister to them 10 years ago. For, uh, it's been longer than that. Maybe 13. Yeah. Okay. But I've been in ministry 35 years, 20, 20 years, you know, 15 years back. I would never even thought of that. I'm just going to, but no, but we're a pro-life church. We're a pro-Christian marriage church. We, we are a God-fearing church. Uh, we take stands on things and, and, and as, over you should. as we <laughs> should, good, we yeah. send people to Christian counseling. Yes. We have good Christian counselors that are part of our church. And sometimes that causes marriages to be healed. Sometimes people find out they don't have to live with that kind of abuse and marriages end. And then they can blame the pastor that sent their wife for them to that counseling for that. Yeah. And so I've learned, I had a French, the Baptist pastor in Maryville. I was in high, I was in Highland when they were shot and killed. Um, I've had other situations with other friends the church can be a dangerous place in the last be. 10 years. It's changed. Yes. So, so. Well, there, there's a war on Christianity. There is, and yeah. it's worse now yes. in the last two, three years than it was five years ago or 10 years ago. Yes. And so I, I, we've had people come in. So when somebody comes up crying now, are they crying because they're fixing to end their life by doing something extreme, agency moment? Yeah. Are they coming to change their life spiritually? I now as a pastor have to sort some of that through 
really quick. And I can see their, as they're coming forward toward me, I see their face. I have people planted that can intervene and I have to assess that really quick. Does this piece in mean me, me harm or no harm? Mm. Part of that's got to do with their movements and where their hands are and what's displayed. And they're not carrying a bag and they don't have a hoodie on yeah. God, you know, but they come up and I've had people that while the song's being played, they're coming up, climbing over things at the church they shouldn't be climbing on and they're disturbed. Yeah. And I have a signal. I have a signal that says, no, it's okay. I'm, I've got this. This is a ministry situation. And I have another signal that says, no, I need you to remove this person from the sanctuary yes. now and do it. Yeah. And, and they just simply buy the arms and walk them out, you know, and maybe they need to go to the prayer room after that. Maybe it's deliverance. Probably so. Maybe they need to see somebody else and not come back. We'll determine that later, but they're not going to be in here right now. Yes. And we've had all that happen multiple times here. And, and we wouldn't have done any of that if you guys hadn't trained us. And, or we and wouldn't have done it as effectively. It's maybe effectively. Or, and, and our people are so comfortable. We have people that come to church here just because we provide. They know this is a safe place. Yes. Well, and I, I think that yes. is true. I think people Nobody thought right. about that. You, to, you didn't yeah. think about a church going, no. well, I need to go to church. They preach the gospel, preach the gospel, preach the gospel. Three churches, same church. But this church provides, provides safety and security. We have an AED. We have a plan for exit if there's a storm. And we have safety and security. We found out that people were calling us during some of these tragic shootings. You know, these churches like this church here, let's say, for example. Example, they were calling around saying, well, what does your church do? And we were able to tell them, Extreme Residency changes, uh, ch trains us. We have a plan and a program. And, and, and people would actually come here and go, this is a place where now I can let my hair down and worship yes. because somebody else is watching this for me. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you guys, I mean, that, that's really, and, and that's whether that's in a church setting or that you're in your business setting, which, I mean, if you're trained, you can protect that, or it's in your home setting. Yes. There's a sense of, I don't want to say security, but there's a sense of being prepared. Yes. And like I said, that comes back to that. If you're not afraid, all, I mean, if you know what to be what to be concerned about and how to identify things, you're less likely to be worrying all the time or be right. fearful all the time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Less likely. Yeah. And, that, and that and that and that's and that's that moment. Do you think I mean, we just talked about this, but I, I guess I want to get to the heart of this. Do you think things are better today or worse? Well, I think that we are in a different difficult time in our country right now. Yeah. With, yeah. uh, I do think there's a war on Christianity. No, I do. I think that uh, people don't fear the Lord like they should. Yes. Right. And uh, I, agree. Uh, I think that we, a Christian could trigger somebody for just being a Christian. Yo, yes. Yeah. You didn't even do anything offensive. Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. So, well, and, and because of the, you know, everybody's worried about, you know, they put that phobic on the end of everything. If you say anything or you do anything, you're, you know, either homophobic or you're something like that right right, that right. Word on whatever there. ism is going on yeah, today that right. uh, and i just think that uh for that reason it's uh it's difficult for christian men to be christian men i i agree with that you know so uh and i think that that's i do think that that's one of the things that we like to part extreme exigency does as we we do promote that yeah. you know the lord wants us to be men he mm -hmm. wants us to stand up and have the courage to stand up for, yes. for the lord and I think that, uh, that it's a difficult for men to do that right now. Oh, well, yeah. you know, I, I what I want to say is w th this series is taking it to the straight spotlight. And we're spotlighting Extreme Agency right now. But we're also doing a series in Season 3 called Building a Stronger Church. And in that, we're I, I, I'm doing some teaching on the church being the resistance today, being 
being the Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's of this day, standing for Christ yes. and, and making our stand because the, because the, the, the pressure of the opportunity, Luke 21, 13 says, we live in a moment where there's, there's challenges, but he says in those challenging moments, that's an opportunity for you to be me, yes. to be my hands and feet, to, to share the gospel. And you, but you gotta be willing to stand up yeah. in that time. And then what I'm also doing is I've been bringing in about six or seven different church pastors that are also pastoring churches that I consider, um, the remnant pastors, they're not compromising. They're not scared of saying we stand for Christian marriage. We stand for life. We stand for the biblical fundamentals. We want our men to be godly men, respectful men. We want our women to be godly women. And those pastors, it costs them because there's people that will quit those churches because they've made this stand or my, my, my niece is this and my aunt, what about this? And, and I look, I've got people of other character and other operational sexuality in my family, yeah. in my family. I love them dearly, but, but I'm not going to compromise on my godly values. So we're bringing in pastors that have refused to compromise, to bend their knee, because the only way to train church leaders is for them to be trained by shepherds that are not hirelings that are truly following the Lord's command. Yes. And I, right. this, what's strange about this episode, that a true shepherd's not a true a shepherd, right? A true he's shepherd's not, a manly man that's, right? he, he, that stands in there. Yeah. Respectful. I always tell people, I said, I don't care if they want to be married or if they want to go have a, a whatever, uh, what are they called? Significant other. That doesn't bother me. It's as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord is, is the thief on the cross. There were two of them. Jesus looked at, they, they both were cursing Jesus. Finally, one of them said, are you a fool? This man is, is different. We, can I go to paradise with you? And Jesus looked at him and said, sure. So Jesus responded to him. The other guy never quit cursing, far as we can tell, never, never relented. And we don't hear Jesus saying bad things about him. We just have him saying, hey, you come and go with me. He didn't, Jesus knows we're all lost in sin. He knows that saved by the grace of God, we are going to eventually end up in hell. And the decision to know Christ is our free will decision to make that commitment to him. But, but so we, I don't have to look down on people that don't choose my way, but I need to be consistent that I know my way and I need to be comfortable living on the rock that I am and not want to try to build my house on sinking yes. sand. And you can do that respectfully. You oh, can yeah. do that. I, yeah. I, I love my family. That's not right. And so I hope when they well, want to get right, the Lord wants us to be loving. And I want and, right. you know, when the storm hits them in such a way that they feel their sand eroding and eventually it will. Uh, I want them to know that they have a family member that is living on a rock that will help them up, yes. not beat them down. So I think a lot of pastors, a lot of churches, some churches are harsh and they're hostile. I don't think you have to be harsh and hostile. I just think you have to say, as for me and my house, we're going to do this. Yes. What, what you choose to do is you're right. Jesus died to give us choice again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he died to give us the choice. Yes. So, so, But I, I want to be uncompromising. Yes. At the same time, I want to recognize the fact that you have a right. And so I, I think we live in a day right where that's harder and yes. harder and hard. Well, and I think that's, you know, I shared with you earlier how we'd sort of changed our mission statement and everything. That was yeah. one, of, one of the things that we had recognized that we want our business. Because I do think that that business leaders today need to step up to the plate and yes. start showing that this is a Christian-based business. Yeah. And that in our business, we're going to follow the You're Lord. not ashamed. Yes. Right. And we're, and, and that's, that was part of our, Stacy and I had prayed about it. We had talked about it. And we had pretty much decided that this is... Not that we wasn't already doing it. But you're clear about that. But, but, but we wanted to say that this, this is not just something we're doing. This is what we are. 
and yes. and, and we want and we want to sh- just go to church on Sunday. Yeah, in fact, we are. Yeah, this is who we are. In fact, yes. I, I, I got a, a sign in my shop that says "Worship doesn't stop on Sunday." It's yeah, twenty four seven, three sixty five. Well, you know, in our yeah. church here at Community Faith, we we have a thing called the proclamation out of out of, out of Timothy. You know that we that we ask the the Lord to, to help us to understand the Word, corrects, rebukes, trains in righteousness. You know, and builds us to the glory of God. And so we make that as a profession before we read the scriptures each Sunday morning, because I want when people come to our church, I want them to hear that. I know when you walk in church, you think, oh, they got a Bible. They're Bible believing. But you have churches today that are very confused about what the Bible means today in application. So they have waffled on this or waffled on that, or they just think the Bible is being rewritten. We don't here at Community Faith. I know you don't at Cornerstone no. either. I, I, what I understand is the Bible is there to to train us in righteousness, to correct us, to rebuke All us. Words are good, and 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 it causes me sometimes to be indifference with a family member that may be living a different lifestyle. But I can love them like a prodigal lost. Yes but without having to agree with them. Now they'll tell me if you don't accept my lifestyle, then you don't really love me. That's their problem. I can love you without that. You know, the the world's using a lot of guilt on Christians right now (laughs) to say, well, you have to accept me. If if you don't not only respect me, but if you don't accept me into your own matrix, you're a failure. And I go, no, 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 no. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. So, so we make that declaration up front to say that how we're going to teach in the church is biblical. And I realize others may read this, may read the same Bible, but we're actually going to take it serious. Yes. Now, will we fail at it at times? Yes. But we also believe that grace is there. That, yes, the and, Lord, we, we worship a forgiving Lord and a forgiving Savior. Uh, one of the things that, uh, you know, one of the things that I shared with you in the last episode was with you know, my past. One of the things I struggled with was, you know, for, forgiveness doesn't necessarily mean forgiveness. Yes. That's right. You know, and people, yeah. a lot of people don't realize that that's, that doesn't mean we're, you're, giving up or you're, you're, you know, you're, when you forgive somebody, yes, we're forgiving them, but doesn't mean we have to forget and allow ourselves to be in that position again. Right. You know, right. Like with, whenever we talked off camera or off, you know, about some of the stuff that happened in your family, right. it's mm-hmm. the same thing. You can still love them. You can still That's right. pray for them. Uh, you can forgive them. But, but you don't mean, forget. You don't forget. And it and also not, changes. You're not, you're you not go, gonna, yeah, you're not going to put yourself in that position. Right. Again. And it doesn't cancel what happened. It doesn't. And, and, and it doesn't. It doesn't stop the um, repercussions of what happened yes. just because you forgive them. It, there are still things yes. that are going to happen because of what they did. Yes. Yeah. The, the the need, okay, if things are definitely worse today in the community, because, I mean, if you look at, like, my hometown's Memphis, which is the most dangerous city in the country. The most dangerous. It, it, it and St. Louis were tied for third. I was going to say St. Louis. Well, they were tied for third. They were tied for third a few years ago, and now it's Memphis is the most dangerous. St. Louis is right behind it, and everybody thinks it's Chicago. Chicago's behind Memphis and them. Chicago's a, a, a smaller, well, I mean, it's a bigger area in conglomerates, but but Memphis is the most dangerous place. St. Louis is right behind it. So we live three hours, and Nashville's not, a, not, not easy. Yeah. Uh, and then Chicago, of course, is famous. We live within uh, Indianapolis. We live within just hours of any way we go being in a very dangerous zone. So you need today be it to be aware and to be frankly honest, uh, Williamson County is is safer than most. But given the proliferation of drugs, the the, the desperate need of people to finance those drugs, uh, you walk Carbondale right now is a little demilitarized zone right now. Yeah. There are shootings in Carbondale taking place. I'll be honest with you, uh, Ray. We 
avoid Carbondale now as much as possible. Number one, we avoid Carbondale because we're not going to spend any money there because they've got so many abortion clinics going there. They yeah. just fired up the one there that we don't want to spend any money in a town where the county is voting to have that as their primary source of industry. So we spend almost nil there. If we have to go there, we go there. I even am moving medical tests that are in the Carbondale Hospital to other counties because I do not want to go there. You don't want to support that. I don't want to support right. that. I don't really want to drive through it right now. And so we really try to avoid it. And, and, and I realize we can't do everything that way, but, you know, cut the tax dollars. I'd rather tax dollars go to Williamson County, who's working harder to protect myself. So yeah. we, we can make decisions like that Absolutely. just right there. Um, but there are times when you have to go to St. Louis. You have to go to Chicago. I need to go home to see my family in Memphis. So you need... I, it's just worse. So what is the need and what would be the next steps for people to get on the track to be better prepared to handle that extreme exigent, exigent moment? What, how, how will you help people if they want to give you a call at 618-629-3422? Well, I, I think that they, they need to start thinking about their own self-protection, their own mm -hmm. personal protection, the protection of their loved ones and their family member. And then, of course, they're going to have to be, get some sort of training, whether they choose to get it with extreme exigency or they to choose to do it with Tombstone or whoever they choose to do it with. There are quality trainers out there that can train them, so they need to be looking at that. You know, I mean, so you have to be able to protect yourself before you can protect your family. Right. So, and it works out from there. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think I always say that, you know, the, the lioness has to have the tools to be able to protect herself against predators before she can ever protect her cubs right the sheepdog has to be able to have the tools to be able to protect himself against the wolf before he can protect the sheep the same thing with us we have to do that right mm -hmm. you know and uh, and that's are that's, you getting more women today coming we are we are i have a ton almost i've got one or two guys coming yeah uh kerwin our new uh, head of security is coming because he needs to get trained on firearms uh i just trust him that's why he's leading that and um but i've got several women that just yeah. It's usually it's usually not quite half of our classes, you know, but I'd say over a third of our classes are females. Yeah, my number one yeah. security officer is my wife. Yeah, I, she, you know, she took the first class with us, yeah. and my my, my daughter in law is another one that's well trained, mm -hmm. and uh, and I always tell people they said, you know, who's your closest security person? My wife sits in the front pew, and she's a better shooter than I am. Yeah, so I always <laughs> feel very. I too, always, so I'm a witness yeah, to yeah, that yeah, too. She so is a better. My wife is a better pistol shooter than I am. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm a I'm I'm my college champion. I mean, my high school champion, skeet shooter. I am fantastic at shooting skeet and doves and ducks. Leading with the shotgun is one thing. Pistol's a total different workout. And I worked hard to be better. I am better. But she has always been a natural shot with anything rifle or pistol. So. My, my son's a, he's, he's much better with a handgun than any long gun. Isn't that amazing, uh, amazing how, how you have yeah. different sets yeah. of skills there? Yeah. So, so, so. They can, they, they can get a hold of you or another group, get trained. What's the process look like in the state of Illinois? It takes forever now. It's better than it was. It was better than what it was. It, uh, we've actually heard people of getting their permits in less than four months. Uh, I don't think that that's the norm. I still think you're looking at five to six months, uh, but they have hired a lot of people at the state police in the, the Concealed Carry Firearms Bureau, and uh, they are working. They, the backlog has been taken care of. Uh, I think that... Uh, uh, well, I don't know how to look at curiously how this new year is going to go as far as, you know, Stacy, the person, number one person Stacy worked with actually retired mm -hmm. this, this uh, December 31st. But uh, they've got they've got other people coming in to replace that individual. And so we're curious to see how that transition is going to work out. Yeah. But uh, they, they've been very re uh, that individual and his department have been very, very receptive of uh, issues and very a time leak uh, as far as getting things corrected if somebody's lost their passwords or they've got too many logins 
there's so many little things that that can go wrong when people use when they you know if they have somebody two people have used the same email in the same household it can cause issues. and then you're just lost in a world there you, you are know. they're like stacy calls it like a black hole it is yeah. it disappears yeah. so i highly recommend it's an option to use them to do your administration use it yes yeah, i just tell our people i really tell our people it's not even optional yes yeah, stacy does uh, yeah. all the all the licensing and she and she does not just for us i mean people that that went to other other training places i mean we just stacy just she supports our second amendment she just wants people to get their permits and so. do it right and get and, it and the truth is, is is all of us are safer you know the, the best Absolutely. defense against a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun yeah so uh uh, Stacy is very, very adamant. She works very hard. In fact, I mean, spends hours at a time for very little, you know, very little fee uh, to get people their license to if they've got them suspended or there's been a glitch in the system or somebody's wrote the wrong, answered the question wrong or something or other and got revoked or got rejected. Stacy's uh-huh. quick to try to help them get it. She, she just very, her, her heart is there to try to get people now, to do yeah. that. Now, so, as yeah. you think about going out and, and doing the training academy shooting park, the you, a lot of people think, well, I got to get my FOID card. Not anymore. You can do it simultaneously. Yes, for so, the concealed carry class. A lot of people new. haven't even bought a gun yet. It used to be you had your FOID card, then you had to do this and yeah. that. So you don't even need a gun. You can come out, get signed up for the class. They will train you, get yep. you the hours you need, get you the proficiency you need. Then you come back and take the gun class uh, once and, you buy a gun. And, and you get to handle a lot of different firearms. And you might fi- you it. might find out, I want a revolver, I want I want uh, a semi-automatic or this, and, and that. We, and we talk about the different yeah. calibers, so, what so works don't go, best for women. Don't go women. buy a gun first because you're going to see a lot of stuff and hear a lot of stuff, and that will inform that decision. Yeah. And so so come out, take the class, get the training done. Let, let Stacy file for your FOID. Let her file for your license. Let her do all that stuff for you. Then talk with them about some ideas. Go check out a gun. I, whether you go to, you guys sell shooting equipment supplies. We t- we don't sell firearms. You don't sell firearms. Yeah, so go to some place like Pro Gun. I yeah, like Paul. Pro Guns. Go, yeah. go Jimmy go to, Hood. Jimmy Hood. Big, yeah, yeah, let them work with you. Those guys will let you try some stuff out. Yeah. And and pick a weapon. Then go back and take their beginners course. Yes. Come absolutely. back and take the beginner course. Or 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 or, or schedule some individual shooting yeah. time. Yeah. And some, Get out on Byron. a range like yeah. there with Byron and let him teach you to be proficiency. Look at this. They're having a good time right out there. So and see, there's Byron right there watching what's going on there yeah so, so do you those ladies do you guys have different types of firearms that you let people we have a lot of different firearms out. people can handle okay and then we try to work with people if they have a specific firearm they want to uh-huh. try to help them if they want to do a one-on-one training to, to, so we do try our best to work with people on that kind yeah. of stuff so we do that. and that is helpful um, yes. we went shooting with some friends and i found out one of the guns one of our friends had i i liked shooting it so much better than mine Yes. You know, it, so it does. That we does change, that yeah. we change guns. It, it does yeah. make a big difference. Yeah. 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 And, uh, you know, I, I'm not a big stickler on, you know, you got to have a nine millimeter over a 38 or anything. What you Obviously, you know, you, you got to be able to hit what you're shooting at. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. So, yeah, that would help. So you got to have a firearm that you can control and that fits your hand and that you're going to, I tell her, you're going to have it with, the, with you all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, the yeah. num- number one rule of a gunfight, you got to bring a gun. Right. You know, so. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I'll tell two stories before we wrap up this episode. We're going to come back and do a bonus episode. Will, will you stay with us for one more episode? <laughs> I, I'm here. You've okay, got Okay. Well, one more episode. We'll do it. We'll do one because I think the best stuff's in the last one. But I'll tell you two stories. Two stories I've learned. It, well, there's actually three, but I'll, I'll, I'll try to save one for later. But I'll, I'll say this one first. My wife and I, after we got our concealed carry and all this stuff, we got ready. You got us licensed in Utah and Florida, which covers us a lot of the country. So, and we'll talk about that in the next episode, why you w- would want multiple. Um, so we were going to Alaska. So 
So we packed our guns to go. We, we took them to the airport properly, identified them, and we put them in. And when they were running them through the scanner, we take them over, and they were going through to go to Alaska Airlines. Uh, the first guy said, uh, I, I, I'm assuming the 380s yours, yes. He said, huh, I'm assuming the pink handled 357s your wife's are not yours, yes. And he says, I got news for you, brother. He, the guy was from Alaska. He says, throw the 380 away. It's not going to help you in Alaska. You're just going to make the bear mad. Yeah. <laughs> and he's going to pull your arms off. Your wife's got a better chance of defending you with her weapon. Yeah. So I, that was the first story. Uh, the second story I've learned is that when you're around law enforcement, law enforcement reacts differently. Um, back in the day, uh, you guys, when you took course you always taught us you know you put your hand into your will keep them identified you know you guys don't like those referative actions yes. where you're digging around and all we're, a lot of times you're just trying to get where's my license where's my insurance if you'll just wait they, they're cool with you doing that so I always put my hands up on the wheel and because you know just be respectful and and usually I've always said uh, by the way officer I have I carry a weapon um, and I did that forever you know a couple times I get pulled over I've been known to get pulled over occasionally um, I don't have any I, don't, I have a clean record uh -huh. but but I've been known to get pulled over people are very nice, gracious to me uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, or I pay an attorney to make it go away but but I'm not gonna admit this in a court of law but I've been pulled over and then my my, my son-in-law years ago who's police was police he's not police anymore thank God uh, he told me he says it, you don't need to tell people he says I assume everybody's carrying I asked another officer, he says, yeah, you know, you tell me, I said, I assume everybody's carrying. I treat everybody like they've got you know, a disease, <laughs> you know? And then, so one day I got pulled over by our famous energy police department. Uh, just briefly, I was just clipping a little bit. And uh, I, I did, I decided not to tell him because I've been told, quit telling people. You don't need to tell people. And so he walked up to the window and knocked on the window and says, uh, by the way, you're supposed to tell me you're carrying a weapon. And I had no idea they were able to identify it by our license connecting to our state police, uh, -huh. uh I didn't realize, I guess it linked by then. So he said, you, you, next time you should tell law enforcement. I said, oh, I'm so sorry. I, 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 I've I, been told to do it by you. But then later I was told I don't need to do it anymore. And he says, well, I knew you had one, but I'd still like it better if you tell me. What do you prefer? Well, the law doesn't require you to tell them. I know, not anymore. Yeah, yeah. It does not. No, it does in not. The state, in the state, now, not every state is that way. Some states are mandatory discussion. I'm not embarrassed. Yeah. And I, you know what? I've never been pulled out of a car, not one time. Yeah. I had one guy one time that says, if it's where it is, just leave it right where it yes. is. We'll be just fine. Yeah. You know, on TV, they always pull them out, make you unload it. And, you know, it's yeah, all. State, state police, is, my thought has always been that unless I ask you, you don't have to tell me. Yeah, the last time and we got pulled over, I had to tell. that? That your recommendation? My, not my to recommendation I mean, is that if you know it's not a disclosed state, don't disclose. Don't disclose. Don't dis but because for most law enforcement officers are going to be just that. They're going to be. They assume you are. Yeah. Dead. Because you know, and not only that, it shouldn't change. Even if though he runs the information and finds out you're a concealed carry permit holder, it shouldn't change how he or she, the officer, handles handles you. the situation. Because the truth is, is we know more about you if you have a concealed carry permit. That we do about the other person. Yeah, we we know that where you where you've resided for the last ten years. You've never had any felony convictions. You've not had more than two DUIs in the last seven years. You've not had any gang convictions. You, I mean, we know all of those things. You've not been in a mental hospital. You've not failed right. a drug screen. I mean, we we know more about you now than we ever did. Before. So it's not a fearful thing for law enforcement for somebody no, that's properly carrying a absolutely. weapon. Absolutely. So it's actually more. So a lot of people think it's going to make. It, I've never seen it make law enforcement nervous. Other than the guy got on me the one time because, because the, I mean, the last guy pulled us over somewhere in Missouri, we were going someplace, you know, going to Branson. And I just had to say, I said, dude, he said, he said, he said, you carry anything. I, I said, well, I've got a firearm. He says, well, where are they? I said, 
well, in my door, in my butt, in her purse. You know, I have one on my on my hip. You know, and I, he says, no, just leave them all where they are. We're just fine. Yeah. You know, you know, it, it what? Yeah, and, because they're 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 concerned about where your hands are. Yeah, and my so, hands were good when he yeah. saw me, and then he went back and there was, but you know, on TV when you watch TV police. You know, they're pulling the guy out of the car, stripping them down, digging through the car seats. You know, you know, there's a time to do that probably. Yes. But not necessarily every time is that time to do that. Not not when it's a law abiding citizen that is exercising I've, his second. I've never had carry. a problem yeah. with it ever. Yeah. Ever. Ever. Yeah. And like when I walked out the one day and just said, Hey, I, I'm carrying a weapon and they said, oh, just you're fine. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I think law enforcement is cooler with this than you think, especially if you've taken the time to to be trained for extreme exercise. Yeah. You know, and you, they know you have. Yes. It makes a difference. Uh, we'll come back in the next episode. We're going to go deeper into this. We're going to get into the Christian ethos of this and perspective. I think it's going to be fantastic. I got about four or five great questions I, I've got for you. And you're going to see a video clip I want to show you that's going to make you, you know, it didn't, it didn't make Ray laugh. But everybody else laughs when they watch Ray do this video. I'm going to show it to you in the next episode. <laughs> We're going to be back in part three for our roundtable. We're going to look at the Christian perspective on extreme exigency. What's that moment like? What's the Bible have to say about that? You know, what's our responsibility? We're going to wrap up with a few more other questions in this bonus episode of On The Doc. Go to onthedoc.org. Info at onthedoc.org is our email. And you can watch us on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes and Google Play, Facebook, Roku, Rumble, and ServerNet. But we want you on YouTube. Look at that. He's got it up on the screen. Spotify and iTunes. Go to those spots, and when you get there, hit notify, like, subscribe. Tell people you're just fired up about it. Send the links out to your friends so they have to watch it. Ray, you can be able to send the link of this out, and everybody in your business will see it. They get to see you on here, and it'll be good for us. So I'm going to look younger, right? Yeah, you're going to look much younger. So hit subscribe, like, and then tell other people about On The Dock. We have lots of other good shows. Taking it to the street spotlights. We're doing things on Building a Stronger Church, and we've got great episodes, other episodes in Season 3. Go back and watch Season 2 and 1. We're, we're up over a couple hundred episodes, and we'd love you to be a part. You can always be a partner of the show. Go to Patreon, download the app, find on the on the dock with Pastor Troy. Be one of our partners. There's four ways. There's also three levels of sponsorship. If you've got a business or an organization you want to sponsor with us. Also, you can go to our partner, slnt.com. Get your Faraday bag for your phone or your key fob or for your backpack. If you're traveling, you want to put your laptop in it. It will protect your stuff from being stolen. It will protect your right to disconnect, and you'll have your safety with that. Go to slnt.com backslash discount backslash o or just go to slnt.com and use on the promo checkout OTD and you'll get our deal, which is at least a 10% discount. Big deals on shipping and all that stuff. Check that out. If you don't have a church home, COFTV.com uh, is our website. You can go find out how to be a part of this church in Southern Illinois. Community Faith Church, we're housed out of here. 10 o'clock on Sunday, 6.30 on Wednesday. We'd love to have you here. Ray goes to Cornerstone. Cornerstone yes. They would love We'd to, have, love you to have you there. Check it out. They have a website as well. We've had them on the show multiple times and we would love to have you in a church someplace, in a God-fearing church, uh, finding out what God has for your life. Your business, Extreme Agency, is all about glorifying God. Uh, cutting hair, training people to cut hair, training academy for shooting. I mean, gosh. I mean, it's just amazing. Touching what, lives every day. Touching lives every day and getting it. So taking it to the street spotlight, Extreme Agency, we'll be back in the next episode. As we go out on this episode, I'm going to launch our, launch our SLNT promo so you can find out more about that. Then you'll see our final stuff, and we'll be back in show number three of the bonus round. So we'll see you soon. I'm Pastor Troy. Get ready for SLNT. Check out this product. Go get it for us, and we'll see you back soon on the dock. I'm Pastor Troy. Here we go. There are more than 8 billion phones in the world, a fact that threatens your privacy, security, and health. With Silent Pocket Faraday protection, you can regain control over your mobile devices. We get it. Privacy and security are inconvenient topics. And you may feel like you have nothing to hide, but the fact is... 
but in the modern world, your laptop is never really off. Your phone emits a signal, even in airplane mode. And everything from your passport to your credit cards contains RFID, and all of it contains valuable private information that is easily exploited in the wrong hands. Silent Pocket offers a range of products you already use. Wallets, bags, travel gear, laptop sleeves, key cases. But with the added protection of our patented Faraday technology, which turns your devices invisible and safe from the outside world. Many industries, from top business professionals to government officials, require the use of Faraday products for the day-to-day -day security of them and their staff. They understand that we are constantly at risk and take the necessary steps to prevent future attacks. We offer this elite technology to anyone that values their personal data, and we are proud to offer a premium range that fits seamlessly into your everyday life, providing security without looking like a tinfoil hat. As we learn to live with technology, Silent Pocket stands on the three pillars of privacy, security, and health. Our goal is to provide harmony with mobile technology without risking our most valuable information. We hope you'll trust us to help you do the same.